Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary. This week I spoke with David Kessler. David is a deaf and grieving expert and author of many brilliant books, including The Needs of the Dying, A Guide for Bringing Hope, Comfort and Love to Life's Final Chapter and Finding Meaning, The Sixth Stage of Grief. For more information on David's work or if you'd like some support around grief or bereavement, go to grief.com. Also, I'm going to be releasing a brand new weekly meditation podcast on Luminary called Above the Noise. The first episode will be released in a few weeks and then there will be new meditations every week after that. You might think you've tried meditation, but you are not tried it till you tried it with me. Accessible to all. Unlock a limitless power within yourself, lying there dormant now, waiting to free you, nurture and nourish you. You can listen to more episodes of Under the Skin on Luminary. A subscribe, not subscription. Because that sounds like a corrupt subscription. Subscription, a podcast network with original shows from your favourite creators. You can get a subscription for as little as two ninety nine a month with their annual plan, plus a seven day free trial to get started. Visit luminarypodcast.com to start your free trial. Do it now. It's not available in all markets and you know local currency and all that sort of stuff. In this section of the podcast, we speak about. Don't just point, Jen. What is it that we talk about? Well, I wanted to start with a bit where you said you're scared of grief. Did I? Yeah. Why did I and say And then he talks about how we have anticipatory grief about our parents and stuff, and that can help. This is I had that. Bit. Who about? Me and my parents. You it's... anticipate grief about yourself? Well, I just knew that when they're not grieving. Believe me, Jen, when you go, it's going to be a carnival. <laughs> oh, my parents, I used to write them letters saying, I'm so sad that you're going to die. That's, that's... I was grieving them while they were alive. Oh, Jen. <laughs> Is that sad or is that the mark of a true twit? What? <laughs> no, that is sad. That is sad. Yeah. It's very sweet, Jen. It's Thanks. nice that you did that. Thanks. Now, in this bit, though, <laughs> we, um, we're listening to a bit of David's experience of grief, a man who's an absolute an expert on grief and the sort of suffering around that and the way that he's, the journey and pathway he's found through grief. You'll absolutely love this amazing clip. And if you do enjoy it, please consider going over to luminarypodcast.com and subscribing. David was amazing, and I, it was an incredibly beautiful conversation. Actually, quite I found it quite moving. Did you, Jen? Yeah, but you were really moved. What do you mean I was really moved? You had, that moved? You had red puffy eyes. All they were the time. not red. They were not puffy. <laughs> I, had I thought you were going to cry all the time. I had a thing in my eye. No. What it was was it's bloody COVID. It's no. bloody COVID. It puffed my eyes right up <laughs> like symptom. a couple of apricots. If you want, go to <laughs> grief.com. Uh, to get some support around bereavement. He does some amazing stuff, David Kessler. It was a very, very beautiful conversation. Yeah, I did nearly cry a couple of times because it was very, very moving. And because unlike some people <laughs> from the island across the water, I have a flesh and blood heart beating in my chest, not a bit of grit, stinking slush for blood. I don't blood. like feeling sad. No one does. No things. one does. <laughs> look, at my, look at my lovely toucan cup you got me. You have to describe it where it's audio. Oh, yeah. Right. So if you're just listening to this and not looking at it because you're in the room, I've got Jenny bought me this rather lovely toucan mug because of my spirit animal, what I'm embracing, which is called the toucan. Now, if you can imagine, it's a lovely, lovely cup. It's shiny and it's got its handle is its beak. And like you hold its beak, which I don't feel like that right about. It's got little wings as well. Look. Oh, my God. He has got little wings. And he's got lovely blue eyes and he's my little toucan. And you hold him by his beak. So that's like you're sort of holding him by his sort of snout in yeah. a way, isn't oh, it? Yeah. You would never do that to a toucan, would you? No. Like reach oh, in oh. and get it by its beak. I'd be scared you'd break it off or something. Yeah, snap. Often with a bird's beak, you could think, 
break that off and uh. see what it looks like without it. Give it lips. <laughs> like if it had lips. Or is it just a hole then? There's no teeth. You could use one of those um, lips sweets, you know, <laughs> and put that there and then it would have lips. Yeah. But this, my point is not about any of that. My point is I'm very grateful for this mug and it's the kindest thing you've ever done for me, Jen. Oh. Solely because it's the only kind thing. Oh, your Christmas present didn't arrive. Where is it? I know, I have to speak to them. What is it? I can't tell you. Well, I think the surprise of Christmas <laughs> no, has long subsided. It's nearly Easter. <laughs> can't wait with bated breath for this amount no, of time. Same because call. what if I get it and then it's not a surprise anymore? I suppose I've got old Toucan. Yeah, I think the Toucan's better. Well, how could it not be? I mean, he's a magnificent <laughs> thing, isn't he? He's satisfying to hold, pull his little beak about. Me and my kid, we play this game, you know, she's superheroes and I have to sort of commentate on these races she does. And there's a weird bit, she goes, right, say I'm on the race and then I fall over on a on a bird's beak. She always <laughs> says that. It's a weird, isn't it? weird, weird detail. It's decapitate the bird. Not decapitate. She just talks about the bird's beak. <laughs> oh, she talks about it in isolation. A yeah, bird's weird. beak. It's creepy. I don't know where she's picking all this weird stuff up. <laughs> Listen, we're going to um, talk to David Kessler in a minute. I've already spoken to him and he's absolutely magnificent and beautiful. It's a very heartening and lovely conversation. How did you enjoy the most recent <laughs> Zoom call with Chisel was, Chin Steve? It was, yeah, it was good. <laughs> I brought up about his chisel chin to his face. Yeah, you should have. I did. Good. <laughs> Instead of doing it behind his back. Well, I've done it to his face now. I've done it to his chin. <laughs> he says he sends it to his mum. He sends them to his mum. Chisel Chin Steve's mum. Hello. We are sending you love and respect. Congratulations on your genes. Yeah. Assuming you're his biological mum, which we're not going to assume. But in any case, congratulations on Steve's chin, whether that's <laughs> biologically created by you and your partner or... Via somebody else. Still a great chin, isn't it, Jen? Now, yeah. should we get into the nitty gritty of, <laughs> of your affection? No. My affection? You mention Steve all the time. I may mention Steve and I may care well, for Steve. Well, guess what today is? What? Steve's the birthday. birthday. What should we no, get? No, it's the birthday of all. something. No, what does he want? It's a, oh, well, it is his birthday, that's weird. Why? What is his birthday Because it's the birthday of? of my exes. They all, they're the same birthday. All Jen's exes are <laughs> born on the same day. What are they, triplets? It's weird, isn't it? I just texted Ollie there to say happy birthday. And, what, and all your exes are born well, on the same day? That seems a bit... It's weird. You don't need to learn a new day, which is good. Well, what I'm going to say it is, Jen, is disgusting. Well, I don't choose them based on the day. <laughs> I think it's birthday incest. That's what I'm calling no. that. That's horoscope incest, isn't it? I know, it? all Pisces. Ugh, look at you. Slipping around, ticking their, <laughs> tickling their trout tums oh. with your incest birthday fingers. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> Let's find out what's day. Chisel Chin Steve, if you're listening, okay. send us your birthday. And what about the other guy, Phil? Sent you such a nice email today, or me a nice email about you. What did he say about me? He said that it was a very powerful intro, and that See? you you sound like you got your energy back after last week, and your voice is shimmering like it usually is. Oh God, Phil, I love you. That's why I've written you this song, Phil. <laughs> what? Oh no. Fill me up. It's called. <laughs> Where's the energy <laughs> been gone? He was ill last week, so he's all snuffly. I wasn't snuffly. I wasn't snuffly. <laughs> snuffly. You buy me a toucan mug to make up for your coke comments, and then you come in with snuffly. <laughs> you were ill. 
Yeah, I had a cold. I wanted nothing. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people said I sounded sexy and raspy on the internet. Actually, your voice is deeper when you're ill. Like, I meant to say it at the time, but... What are you saying now? Up. Where's she going, gal? What's <laughs> happening? There's, a, there's another insult coming. There's always one on its way with Jen. If you miss one insult, there'll be another one on its way any minute. Not there? a mug. <laughs> we could have so many mugs. I, I, you can't buy me any more toucan mugs. They're a novelty item. Aren't they? Well, you drank out of it. Oh, no, I love it. <laughs> but I'm saying another one. Where do you go? Okay, so listen, David Kessler, coming up soon. <laughs> I'm going to be releasing... Yeah, so anyway, you've heard about that. You've heard about Chisel Chin Steve. You've heard about our Zoom calls. You've heard about Phil and my affection for him. Now it's time for your comments on the second part of the Adam Curtis podcast. Swami Potananda says, Russell Brand, sadly, world politics, especially those in Parliament, has become so corrupt like a den of parasites that serve only giant corporations and have forgotten they're meant to serve on our best interests. Oh, I know. I don't agree with that, Swami Potananda. I'd say they're a lovely bunch and they're doing their best. Yeah? Yeah. Fair enough. No, I, I agree with you. <laughs> Owen Campbell Music. Brills, mate. He certainly doesn't enjoy your frilly knickers, but he did enjoy the tickle. What does that mean? I don't know. I thought it was just weird. It's a nice bit of language. Leah Soberoff. Would love to hear your thoughts on Dante's The Divine Comedy. Let me get back to you when I've read it. <laughs> Mailing list. Alliance. Clique. You can join our alliance. Clique. Stroke mailing list. How do you pronounce clique? Clique. What? <coughs> clique. Don't hold your chest. Why are you, why are you reaching towards your solar plexus? Because I did a bit of a... What? It's clearing my throat. Oh, yeah, I snuffle for a moment. <laughs> I was just giving the backstory. <laughs> if you want to join a clique, do you want to be in a clique? It's a mailing list clique. Sign up for our mailing list. You can send me emails. We'll send you original, raw content. Me, exclusive, just for you. You'll be a member of an exclusive, exclusive club. Sign up to this mailing list. We do live Zoom calls with people, don't we? You'll get taught a meditation technique, a tapping technique, free of charge. It's absolutely free. The mailing list is free and the stuff we give you on it is free. All we're doing is harvesting your data. <laughs> no, we're not selling it to anyone, are we? No. We're harvesting it for ourselves. But when will there be a harvest for the world? We still don't know after all them years. Do we? No. So uh, <laughs> you'll go to free live online events. You'll be the first to hear about my upcoming events and projects and stuff like that. Also, follow me on YouTube. You get really good videos. I hope you've been watching them. There's that one one about Bill Gates and the farmers and all that. What's another one I've done? Mainstream media I've done. That's a good one. Great reset. Great reset. If you want to learn about that, old Russ is your man. And there's going to be a new side channel called Awakening with Russell. Mm, it's good, isn't it? Good name. We settled on that name? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Here you'll find videos on meditation, yoga and wellness. It's not quite launched yet. It'll be out soon. Why are you all exchanging glances? <laughs> Sorry. Maya's face was lit up. If, it was, if that was still relevant. It is relevant, I think. Yeah. yeah. Is it relevant? Yeah. You had to touch your nose. That's a non-verbal. Yeah. That's a bloody non-verbal. <laughs> First it's the solar plexus, then it's the snout. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with me on social media, you can. I'm on all of them. Follow me there. Okay, let's get to David Kessler now, because this is an important person talking about an important subject of grief, conveying important wisdom and information and nearly making me cry. And probably it would make anyone cry <laughs> if they had something <laughs> resembling a heart in their flinty little chest. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's, ah, the fact that you went, oh, oh, shows that you feel that you are flinty. Flinty? <laughs> That's right. Flinty? <laughs> flinty little fella, aren't you? Do they start fives? 
Yes, you could, Jen. <laughs> yes, you could. There's no end to what you could do. <laughs> All right, let's listen to David Kessler. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not no, a successful route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the skin. I'm scared of grief. I'm scared of it. Like, you know that famous maxim of, like, uh, grief is the price we pay for love? Like, sometimes with my animals, I remember it with my cat that's, uh, he died last year. I remember that, and, you know, with, uh, like, you know, with pretty much everybody, actually, I sort of, like, try to conceive of their death while I'm with them. I try to, sort of, both from a perspective of acceptance, but also in a kind of weird infatuation way. Is there a positive way of sort of mobilising that idea, accepting the inevitability of uh, literal and bodily death without it becoming like sort of obsessive and fetishistic or something? Well, I think I've had to adopt a different view of all that. First of all, there's a, a healthy thing called anticipatory grief, that when a pet's getting older, when our parents are getting older, we, we sort of know we're going to lose them someday and have this healthy adaption that our mind is trying to grapple with. Um, so that's the healthy part of it. I certainly, dealing with this my whole life, have had to really reckon with love and grief are a package deal on planet Earth. Grief is actually optional. You don't want to grieve ever. You don't have to. But you can't fall in love. You can't have friends. You can't attach to pets. You can't love your children or your parents. When I realize all that, I'm like, well, I don't want to make the journey without love. I mean, I want to come here and love. And it means I'm going to lose someday. I'm going to lose the people I love, the pets I love, the things I love. That's that's part of this this travel we all do. Can you tell us about your formative experience of grief, the loss of your mother, and then how the uh, the later grief, the loss of your son, um, which I'm obviously sorry to hear about, and, and of your mother, of course, but you know, especially the loss of a child. Um, can you ex- tell me how those two experiences of grief differ and how they affected and changed you and how you dealt with them? Sure. You know, it's, it's, I'm in a profession that in some ways you don't choose, it kind of chooses you. You know, no third grader is like, oh, I want to be a death and a grief expert when I grow. <laughs> you know, I had a mother who was ill when I was growing up. And when I was about 13, she had to go to the hospital in the big city because she was uh, very sick. I didn't know she was dying. And at the time she was dying at the hotel across the street where we were, Um, A shooting began and it turned out it was one of the first mass shootings in the U.S. It's tragic. We have them all the time now, but it was one of the first big ones. And in the span of three days, I wasn't able to be with my mother when she died. I saw hotel guests, police officers and the chief of police died. And it's now used as what not to do in a shooting because they made so many mistakes. They just didn't know how to handle it at the time. And, and there was also racial overtones to it and so much of what we still deal with today. And that changed the trajectory of my life. I 
you know, tried to heal myself, tried to, there was no one there to help me with the trauma, with the grief. So that began my life of trying to help myself, help others. I was fortunate to work with some amazing people. My teacher became Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who was a pioneer in the hospice world, along with your Cicely Saunders there in the UK. And they started hospice in our world. And um, uh, she obviously um, came up with the five stages of dying. Over the years, I would talk about Elizabeth, those stages are getting badly used for grief. And finally, we wrote a book called On Grief and Grieving, where we adapted her stages from dying to grief. The stages, for anyone not familiar with them, are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. We literally, on page one of the book, said you don't do them in order. They're not a map. There's no one way to do grief. It's unique as our fingerprint. And... It's interesting over the years how they've changed because they've become these five easy steps for grieving. And Elizabeth and I both hated that then and I hate it now. There's no five easy steps for grieving. And I, it's interesting on social media, sometimes people will put in, oh, you and Elizabeth Kubler-Ross are just trying to neaten up our grief and make us follow your rules. And Elizabeth was a rule breaker. Elizabeth would hate this idea that there's these stages you're supposed to follow. So they've gotten a bad rap. The other thing is acceptance got a finality that we never intended. You know, when people say to me, how long am I going to grieve my loved one who died? I always go, well, how long is your loved one going to be dead? Because if they're going to be dead a long time, you're going to grieve them a long time. It doesn't always mean with pain. Hopefully in time, you can grieve them with love. So that's kind of the background on the stages and a lot of my work. Um, and then, as you mentioned a few years ago, after doing this for decades, I had adopted two children, four and five years old from the LA County foster care system. My younger son was um, uh, born drug exposed and I really thought love would conquer all. And they had this amazing childhood and it really was beautiful. I was shocked at sort of their turnaround and how well they were doing in life. And then at 16 years old, my son, David, called me one night and said, I'm in trouble. And I said, what's up? Where are you? What's going on? And he goes, I've used drugs. And I said, okay. And in my mind, I'm like, did you have a couple of beers? Did you have some pot? What did you do? And I go, well, what'd you do? What's going on? And he goes, I did crystal meth. And I'm like, wait, wait, you're starting with crystal meth? And it was a hard road to comprehend. And I have certainly in my life been in program, been with Al-Anon. I, I sort of got it from my older perspective, but not this new world we're living in. And 
uh, I, we spent the next four years, him going in and out of rehab and 12 step programs and just a tumultuous road, a horrendous road as anyone who's had to deal with knows. And uh, he got sober, he was doing well, had his 21st birthday, had a wonderful girlfriend who was a social worker. And literally I would say to him, David, I am seeing so many bereaved parents from addiction these days. Promise me I will never be a bereaved parent. And he's like, you will never be a bereaved parent. I'm sober now. And even when I wasn't, I knew what I was doing. And got the call one day that he, his girlfriend had had an argument that any 21 year old has called up some old friends. They went out and used, they lived, he died. Brutal. What gets me is like the sort of mundanity of it, you know, like that it's not, it's just normal people doing normal stuff. Like, like kids take drugs, kids have arguments. And I've been around it because of my own recovery. I've been around it all my life because I was a drug addict from like, you know, my late teens to my sort of till I was 27. And I've been in recovery one day at a time since then. And so people dying as a result of their drug use or associated mental health issues, or, you know, obviously, you know, you know how many ways that can play out. It's become sort of normal. And um, I, because of that, because of that, I like feel like I want to be able to, as obviously you obviously must, and when you said that thing, I promise, I'm, promise me I'm not going to be a bereaved parent. You want to be able to wrench it away. You want to wrench it away. There's been a few drug addicts where I've gone like, I, you know, I've almost found, I don't know how this chimes with your deeper experience, but like, like the, almost like the more I sort of go, listen, this person definitely not. I'm going to put myself as a shield between this person and the grave. Them ones, they're finished. You know what I mean? It's almost like, I, like the, the, the inability to control it, the inability to understand it, pre predict it, prevent it. I don't, like, in, you obviously sort of indicated at the beginning of your story that there's possibly a fact of the early exposure prior to your son living with you is a factor. How, how did you begin to process under, and understand and, and accept your, the loss of your son? So first of all, it's a different world we're in, as you know. You know, when I first learned a program years ago, I would hear relapse is a part of recovery. Relapse is normal, relapse is what's gonna happen. I got that when it was alcohol and cocaine. Now, with my son in this world, the drugs are deadlier. You know, I actually, one of the things I began doing is I would bring people from sober living to his grave. And I would go, I just want you to know, this is another face of relapse. You know, relapse isn't, you're just gonna drag yourself to the meeting and start over. Uh. It's also how relapse can look. Make no mistake, the drugs are deadlier now. 
I'm working with someone. It's like crazy what's happening here. And I'm sure happening there. There's a woman I'm working with, Laura Berman. She's been public about it. Her son went on Snapchat and ordered Xanax. Like, just like, you know, just alter my mood a little bit, mellow out. It was laced with fentanyl and he died first time. That's out of the gate in our new world now. Like on Snapchat, there's a menu for drugs. I'm like, Snapchat, isn't that about faces? So back to my son, you know, you, you, um, you mentioned my own healing as I, I had, it, you know, it was really hard because I had to sit with, am I going to take the advice I gave everyone? And my advice was go to grief counseling, <laughs> grief group. And I had to literally go to a grief group, took my contacts out, put my glasses on, put a cap on. I had to sit in grief groups with literally my books four feet away on a table. Wow. And not say, that's me. I'm the expert. I couldn't be him. I had to sit there and be the father who had to bury a son. That was a pretty humbling thing to have to do. I mean, it was, I, I now because of those experiences, when people walk into one of my grief groups or come online on a grief group or show up for counseling, I applaud now because I know now how hard it is just to walk in that room. I never got that before. If you're enjoying this conversation, join me over at Luminary for the rest of our discussion and for all the latest episodes of Under the Skin, go to luminarypodcast.com to start your free trial. See you there.